broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is just chemistry with the receivers and learning the timing within the offense. Uh, you know, anytime you have new receivers and new plays, new route combinations, uh, the timing is just different. Um, you know, where you know people end up throughout the play. Uh, the spacing, um, and then where each guy like, kind of likes the ball and where you need to put it, uh, depending on the play. I think all those things are things that you can only do through live reps. That is Gardner Minshew. We'll see the progress, you know. It'll be interesting to watch. He's a fast learner. He's got a lot of guys coming back. I think there's a lot of positives for this offense. Uh, again, you know what's interesting? I said it last night on Jaguars All Access. The least of his concerns is learning an offense. The guy learns a new offense every year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been doing that since high school. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just par for the course for Gardner Minshew learning a new offense every single season. That's just standard. But that's, that's usually a big concern, especially for a young quarterback, lingo, all this stuff. I mean, it seriously is not that much of a concern. Smart guy anyway. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's used to it. Yeah. So And this one, by the way, is fit to him. He had to learn an offense, jump in there and play last year. Wasn't even fit to his skill set and yeah. his style. Well, and that's the thing, too, right? And that's a difficult thing, especially in the pros, where it's one thing to learn the terminology, to learn all the plays, learn all the calls and all the check downs, all the audibles, things like that. That's one thing. But then you also have to learn what you see from the defense, what the defense is giving you, right? Because every single defense is different. So you have to learn about, all right, I see the defense from here. They're in this kind of coverage. I go to here. So... It's one thing to learn it, but it also helps, obviously, and this is where, you know, practice comes into play. This is where that scout team comes into play, where you have to give the proper looks so by the time Gardner Minshew gets into game one against the Colts, he's confident what he's going to do against the, that defense. Absolutely. Uh, hey, an update on Tiger Woods, because I know you're waiting. I've thought about this today. Hey, hey, hanging by a thread over here. You know, I probably look forward to Tiger Woods playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than any other thing in sports that I look forward to, probably outside of a Jags game. Okay. Although I like covering the Jags and it's fun, the town gets going and all that stuff. So take the Jags aside. Mm-hmm. I look forward to watching Tiger play more than I look forward to the Red Sox, especially this year. Uh, an NBA game. Uh, you name it. Yeah. I can't find another one. Like, I like when Tiger plays. Like, what time the coverage start? What time is he teeing off? Follow Tiger Tracker, who's the best follow on Twitter. Uh, okay. He is. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got a birdie. Par. It's not how he does shot. it. Why don't you go find, follow Tiger Tracker? I, no, I, I see what Tiger Tracker is because you tweet, retweet it all the time. I, I know do. what Tiger Tracker is. Yeah. Tiger yeah. Tracker sensational. Okay. Uh, but so when I look forward to Tiger playing... And he doesn't usually play, like, really bad. Like, he had that little stretch when he was coming back where it was ooh, gross. Like, yeah. I, then I didn't want to see him play. Like, I was almost embarrassed for him. Yeah. But he's been playing. Like, he's played pretty well. You can see signs of the game. Ugh, these last two weeks, man. It's like I don't see signs of the game. Like, I, I feel like I know how Tiger operates. Mm-hmm. Like, Tiger's not worried about winning the Tour Championship, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, he, he wouldn't mind playing well and winning that. But he's trying to get ready for winged foot in the U.S. Open and the Masters. Okay. He's trying to get his game in shape for that. Mm-hmm. I don't see signs of Tiger getting his game in shape for that. Like I, he he's six over par now. It's a tough golf course, but he's six over par. He's really just knocking it around the course. Is no momentum, not making any putts. The putter's not getting any better. 
I thought he was hitting the, the PGA Championship. I thought he hit the heck out of the ball. Tee to green, I thought he actually really hit the ball well. Just been, chipping was awful and his putting was bad. All right. But now it's like leaky all over the place. It's I'm concerned. So now as excited I get to see Tiger play. Now I'm not excited about the prospects of him turning the corner in his game. It's a bummer. Makes me a little bummed out. It's a bummer. Kuz, you got any thoughts on this? You golf? I don't care if you guys have thoughts on this. You got any thoughts? I'm venting. Tiger, by the way, Ty feels the same way. Ty's like, Ty, what time's Tiger teeing off? Why is the coverage starting until 3 o'clock? And now he's going, I get home, Ty's going to be like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, double bogey on the eighth hole? Uh, why can't he play that hole? Hey, Ty thinks he's a machine. That's why. But Sure, sure. No, no emotion, no feelings, no you know thoughts. Just go out there and do it. But, but Ty feels that with me. That's my point. Yeah. That's the only reason I like Ty. He feels that. <laughs> and I'm just being honest here. I'm on the couch once again. And telling you, the Tiger's disappointing me. Even even trackers got me down. Yeah. Like the, I almost tweeted that tracker today and said, "Hey man, you got to start giving some positive mojo." Yeah. These tweets are not good. You got me down in the dumps. Getting desperate. I'm gonna have to start a Sunshine and Rainbows Club for Tiger and the Tracker. <laughs> Golf protege Justin Kuzo, your thoughts? Uh, you know he, he probably doesn't watch any golf at all. He, he just, but he golfs. He plays now. He, golfs? he doesn't watch. He, he golfs? doesn't care about Tiger. He, yeah, but he understands the swings you're saying. The chipping's gone to you know what and everything. He's got to go back to the fundamentals. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Is that what they're talking about over there? Oh yeah. He's got to stop the run, run the football, doesn't he? Yep. The, he has to do that in the golf version. So he's got to go back to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. He's getting too fancy over here with these hors d'oeuvres, if you will. Tiger's played about 27 holes of golf, and if he was even par, just even par, like that's bad for golfers, right? Usually now, like yep. on the pro. This course is so difficult, if he could just shoot even par, he'd be top five right now and in the mix, and I'd be happy. He ain't doing it, though, huh? He's plus six. Mm, you hate to see it. Rory McIlroy's two under par. Deki Matsuyama two under par. Rory, by the way, finding himself a little bit you at say, the right time. Who's winning? Rory McIlroy. Oh, well, he's two, two under. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. This yeah. isn't Dustin Johnson's thirty under par to win. No, this isn't one of those putt putt courses. This is the real deal, Holyfield here. Billy Horschel, by the way, one over, just three off the lead, so he's playing okay. Yeah. Just it's out there because Dustin Johnson is. Uh, let's see. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Justin Thomas is two under today, so he's got himself back in it. If Tiger could just be two under, he would have jumped up 25 spots. Hmm. All right, I'm done. Hey, by the way, Ollie wrestling was fun because I know how this is going to go. Where we're going to go down a Tiger Woods rabbit hole here, and that's all we're going to talk about for the next 20 minutes. No, and that's, that's okay. That was a long time. Just know, Ollie wrestling was fun. Uh, well, tell me about Ollie wrestling in the uh, <laughs> in the fans. Uh, yeah, it they was... allowed 10 percent in. By the way, that Correct. was a little practice run yep. because tomorrow uh, that was at Daly's place. The yep. next one, yep, they were going to allow like 15 percent. Mm. Yeah, next one's 15 percent, and then the following one could be bigger with the pay per view. Okay. Correct. Good for you doing your homework, man. Is that part of the news, though? That's part of like the... Well, I know we had a news team there, yeah, actually, yeah. at AEW. And yeah. Because it's the first event in Jacksonville where they've had fans. Yeah. For a sporting event. It is. Yeah. So, fans were there. Um, fans were obviously excited. Tony Khan came out to greet everybody before the show, reminding people that you couldn't say um, some certain curse words because TNT outlaw, like, outlaws that. So, he had to remind some of the wrestling fans that might have had a little too much to drink, don't say these curse words. So, he did that. Yeah, he reminded everybody to keep their masks on, which, um, from what I saw, people did. And, obviously, social distancing was a big thing. Uh, and there was, like, you know, social distancing and, like, COVID-19, 
like checkers to make sure that people had their masks on the whole time. So overall, great experience. I felt bad for the wrestlers because it was hot last night, man, and they're, they're you know they're getting after it. So um, it was a toasty one. Oh, and you know what? Did you watch the first episode of Hard Knocks? First one, yeah. You know that scanner thing that you stand in and then they take your temperature? Oh, yeah. I got to do that. You did it. They had that. Oh, I do it at the hey. state when I go to the Jaguars All Access. Oh, they now got I that? do it. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was well, like. No, I mean, just inside, yeah, to go inside yeah, the stadium. Yeah. Okay. That thing's pretty cool. How awesome is it? Doesn't make any sense, though. I does feel it? like I'm 97.7 every time. Good point. So, see, that's what every I was time I get my temperature checked, I think I'm 97.7. Am I human? And, well, and here's where my. Why my, does it never change? Here's, here's where my diabolical mind went. Because the same thing happened to me. I'm like, uh, isn't this like the average? Everyone's going average. I'm standing in line. Average, average. Okay. I'm like, is this thing really working or is this trying to just like, you know, a frame of peace of mind here? My mind went to, okay, this is some kind of government thing here where they get your name and they get your face uh, and now you're, in, now you're yes. in the database. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, you know, kind of like that fingerprint technology they used to have in the phones. I feel like that's all the time. Like, people are watching me all the time. Yeah, that's a I good go point. to the bathroom. I feel like people are watching me so, go to the bathroom. Might as well just be cool I'm with it. In the it, shower. Huh? I'm like, yeah, people are probably watching. Might as well just be cool with it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. But yeah, so all the wrestling was fun. Guys spotted a couple times. Hey, we, we love the show. Love the show. So that was cool. Very good. And uh, shout out to AEW fans. Shout out to AEW fans out there listening to the show. Um, yeah, overall, fun time. Uh, what was else it you want weird? to Well, six, it's 500 well, people. It's a 5,500 yeah. seat place, so there was what, 550 people? If well, I did my math right. Well, keep in mind, I've been to a couple before this without the fans. I understand. I, uh, you know, I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah, have yeah. that VIP okay. access. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's hard for me to speak like the common man when I have the VIP access, when I basically have the Tony Khan backstage pass. You know what I'm saying? Not quite that, but what's up, Tony? But you know what I'm talking about, Brett. So it's hard, for me, to, it's hard for me to speak like a common man. Didn't ask. But, um, but I'll say this. I think, like, because... Listen, at wrestling events, fans make the show, right? Like that's what it's all about. And you could tell from the wrestlers' like reactions, like when fans started to cheer, like that that was new to them again, right? Because keep in mind, whether I was there with the VIPs or not, it's only like twenty of us, right? Yeah. So it's not golf gonna be clap. that loud. Golf clap, thank you very much. And they kind of pumping crowd noise, right? Well, this was real crowd noise now, so you could tell a little bit that fans weren't used to really getting after it again, and also the wrestlers weren't like really used to hearing the fans cheer, so it was it was a cool experience, and after that, Chris Jericho thanked everybody for coming out, and um, he had a nice little, I kind of send off let's just say. You know, is is that a common thing in wrestling? Like, I feel like that like, I've seen Tony Khan do that I've seen other wrestlers before and after shows Does off. that happen, like Oh, mm. Has it happened like in WWE over the no, years? No, so so this is definitely um, this is an AEW thing. WWE doesn't do at least for the events that I've been to. I've been to a bunch of them. They don't do it. Um, but to me, it started more in New Japan. You know, so like uh, like the the style of wrestling in New Japan, it's a little different. But one thing that they do is they kind of thank everybody for coming out. Usually it's Kenny Omega. When he was in New Japan, he did it. And now that's kind of transitioned to AEW, which I think it's a nice touch, right? Because you're off the air, so it's not live. But the fans that showed up, um, it's, it's like a little special send-home gift. And especially, you know, being some of the first wrestling fans to see a live event again, it's kind of a cool memory to Well, have. and it's kind of it feels like you're on Broadway a little bit. Yeah, but absolutely. But let's not. Let's. I don't say this lightly. I mean, it's a Broadway production in a in a way. Absolutely. Right. Well, and listen, and Tony Khan has stated this before. I mean, he got the idea to do AEW wrestling in in the Daily's place from a South Park episode where they make fun of wrestling being like an opera for being like a play. So yeah, it goes hand in hand, Brent. Uh, okay, so uh, AEW doing well, and they'll be back at it with fifteen percent. You know when the next next one is? Next show is. 
Oh, with the NBA playoffs, I'm not positive. I think it might be next Wednesday, but then their big pay-per-view all-out is going to be the following Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we'll have an AEW turnbuckle autograph to, for a silent auction item at our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18. Mm-hmm. You can go to actionsportsjacksdream18.com. Two weeks away from the tournament, only a few spots are left. But come on out, have some fun. It'll be a limited field. We still have all our favorite vendors out there and even more. We added to it food and drink on us uh, and also some fun things as well. Uh, you can win a car. From Fields Cadillac, by nice. the way, on a part. One of these days, we're going to give that away. And we're gonna, someone's going to get a hole in one at the Dream 18. Is a new car every single year is the same old car from like, is it like, <laughs> yeah. is it it's like, now like a 2004? Is it like a 90 Pinto? Is it like a Ford Taurus <laughs> yeah. from the 90s? No, it's a new car. Okay, cool, cool. Right on. <laughs> it just, is a new car. Just, just collecting uh, rust yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Fields Cadillac, <laughs> it is a new car. Uh, cool. And plenty of other prizes as, as well. So hopefully you can come out, support St. Michael's Soldiers, North Florida Junior Golf Foundation. It's at the Golf Club at Southampton coming up September. 14th, and uh, you can register at actionsportsjackstream18.com. Love to get you involved, even if it's from a sponsorship way. Uh, you can have T-signs. It's very inexpensive to get involved and give back to the charities, uh, but uh, we welcome that if you can handle it. All right. Uh, we're going to have a, a guest on from the Jacksonville Jaguars in just a little bit. Should we announce Bef- it or not yet? Ah, what the heck. We'll keep him waiting. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to get... I, I shared this article with you guys today, and I was looking back. I said, okay, the sports protests, the sports protests in the past, you know, we've seen them. We've heard about them. Uh, and by the way, they were a lot more than I even knew about. So it was great read anyway. Do they work? Do they, do they spark change? And, I mean, you go all the way back to 1936. I, I'm going to read this little – this is an article, by the way, in The Undefeated. And, and it was back from 2019. But it's fascinating. This from 1936 Berlin Games forced American athletes to decide how best to object to Adolf Hitler's uh, agenda. Harvard track star Milton Green, fencer Albert Wolf of France, and basketball players from Long Island University chose not to participate in protest. On the other hand, track star Jesse Owens and Mac Robinson elected to compete to put a lie to Hitler's uh, precepts of a master race. Owens won four gold medals. Hmm infuriating Hitler, it said. Robinson, the older brother of future sports pioneer Jackie Robinson, finished second in the 200 meters behind Owens. What was the silver medal worth? Robinson found out it wasn't worth much. The only job that he could find when he returned was a street sweeper in his hometown of Pasadena, California. Wow. In a silent but eloquent protest, Robinson wore his Olympic jacket while working in a white neighborhood during the evenings. The response from residents also said a lot about America. They got the cops to make him take off the jacket. That's back in 1936. So wow. we've seen, like, that's not a high-profile uh, no, I mean, uh, event, right, yeah. that we 100 years later or almost 100 years later know about. Uh, Jesse Owens people know about. Sure. Uh, but I didn't know that part about Jackie Robinson. And maybe I'm super naive. Has there been a Jesse Owens movie yet? I think there is. Yeah, okay. I think there is. Okay. I, I just figured, I mean, like, that, uh, that's a story that deserves to be told yeah, because it hasn't been told yet. I, I'm pretty sure there is. Okay, I got you. Um, we know about... Jackie Robinson, but I think this is worth, as you read it, we, we know the Jackie Robinson story. Correct. And by the way, August 28th, Jackie Robinson Day, uh, some might argue it says the Brooklyn Dodgers' decision to integrate baseball wasn't a protest, but in retrospect, this act of courage by Jackie Robinson and of defiance by General Manager Branch Rickey may have been the single most successful demonstration for racial equality in American history. And it got me thinking about something we were talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Branch Rickey, white GM, Back in that time, in the 1940s, if you've watched the movie and how that was depicted, if you've read on this, you know Branch Rickey said, the heck with the rest of you. Yeah. Jackie Robinson's playing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was basically it. And it kind of goes back to what we said yesterday and kind of what Chris Conley said a little bit about the quarterback in the NFL. You have to find somebody that you don't think will be what will say something. Someone's going to almost surprise you and do something that you don't expect. And Branch Rickey at that time was doing something people wouldn't expect. Everybody else would just fall in line and say, Jackie Robinson's not playing. Mm -hmm. Branch Rickey was the outlier there and changed the game of baseball and maybe sport forever. Uh, because of the support, yep. uh, even though it, it was a, it's a lot longer story than I just told. So I thought that part was interesting awesome. when looking back on this. I brought up Bill Russell mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and, and the NBA. Um, that was one back in 1961. There's one about women's rights in the marathon. You know, uh, I feel like I've seen this story and the images, but I didn't know much about the story. No woman had been allowed to compete in the 70 years of the Boston Marathon, but after seeing no such restriction in the race rules and signing in as KV Switzer, Catherine Kathy Switzer was issued an official number. Two miles into the race, Boston Marathon official Jock Simple, official Jock Simple, jumped off the press bus to pull her off the course, but couldn't because of her determination. Her time at four hours and 20 minutes wouldn't have set a record, except that it did. So women's awesome yeah started to race in in the boston marathon Mm -hmm. so obviously protest that worked right jackie robinson protest of some kind some people would say protest or not but that worked Mm -hmm. uh let's see what else we got fists of fury this is a very common image tommy smith and john carlos absolutely uh and that's an interesting one okay because it's one of the most common images of our time in the late 60s, a lot changed in terms of civil rights. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And, and many others. Mm-hmm. So I, what I don't know, and I'm just being blatantly honest with you, I don't. I know that image is so powerful. Yeah. What I don't know is if that image and demonstration led to immediate change or was just part of a grander yeah. protest that led to change. And well, and you know why? Which, by the way, change that we're still talking about today. Absolutely. But it did change. It did embark on some change Uh, well you know why i I love this example right here because it goes to show you that you need everybody on your team peter norman the guy from australia who got second place yes and i uh when when i was in the show myself we talked about this guy a little bit yeah i remember the story yeah yeah, so peter norman real quick um i'll kind of summarize it but it was actually his idea to get them to do what they did and wear a black glove right because they only had two black gloves and peter norman suggested hey wear a glove on each hand you guys can both put your fists up in the air so that was his idea and then they, he also got them um, a patch. I said, you know, Olympics against, I think it was racism, something like that. So he got them a patch to wear as well. And then he wore one himself. Do, in doing that, Australian Olympic team banned him from ever competing again. All right. And, and then he was shunned basically for, um, you know, decades uh, from being able to compete, from use his platform, what he's so good at. Uh, fast forward then. So he passes away. And Tommy Smith, John Carlos. Carry the casket. You know, there were Paul Bears yep. at his funeral. And another cool thing, too, is there's a monument, I believe, I think it's in California. I forgot we're in California, what city it's in. But there's a monument dedicated to Tommy Smith and John Carlos. They want to put Peter Norman in that monument as well, standing with them. Peter Norman said no, because I want to I want to purvey that anybody can do what I did. This is your guy's moment. I'm just somebody that helped you guys along. This is your moment. So I want people to stand up there in my spot just like I did. So it's a really cool story. Incredible story. Uh, And one that I don't think we knew. We know that picture, but we didn't know. And then remember when you brought that up. It goes to show you, man, you need everybody on board. 
Honored before game two, 1972, the World Series in Cincinnati, Jackie Robinson thanked the crowd, then took the opportunity to point out that something was missing in baseball. Quote, I'm going to be tremendously more pleased and more proud when I see a black face managing in baseball. Robinson died nine days later, but two years to the day after he said those words, Frank Robinson was hired as the manager of the Cleveland Indians. No. I didn't know he had that profound impact on on that uh, movement as well in baseball. Uh the example of the battle of the sexes, right? Billie yep. Jean King. Uh, again, women's rights. And Title IX is in here. Well, that's a huge one, right? Yeah. Title IX has changed everything yeah. in college sports for female athletes. Uh, and there's controversy and, and talk about Title IX. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is it started back in 1976, and we have seen huge change. And that's kind of the moral of this story today is why we're going back and looking at this. What did spark change? Well, that certainly did spark change. Think of another one. Georgetown basketball coach John Thompson walked off the court back in 1989. I'd always heard about this story. Of course, John Thompson went to Providence College, Big East, Georgetown, all that. So, uh, But this was about Proposition 42, which became a big thing uh, about freshmen uh, and who were academically ineligible, denied scholarships. Uh, and he said, if these kids don't get that opportunity, who are they going to look to? I had to reassure myself I was doing the right thing. I'm sure now I'm right. Mm-hmm. He said other influential coaches backed Thompson up saying the rule targeted black athletes and the NCAA later rescinded it. So big moment. It did spark change. John Thompson, a big name in the sport back in 1989 doing it. Arthur Ashe, uh, it brings up those moments of Arthur Ashe as well. Uh, there are some in here that are, are very, like, I didn't even know. Like, how about this? 2012. Did you know this one? Blocked shot is what it's labeled. President Barack Obama invited the Stanley Cup winning Boston Bruins to the uh, White House. Yeah. But goalie Tim Thomas, one of the two Americans on the team, bowed out, writing, quote, I believe the federal government has grown out of control, threatening the rights, liberties, and the property of the people. This was not about politics or party. This is about a choice I had to make as an individual. I do remember that one. They're just challenging politics in, yeah. in America. Yeah. Not a very loud one. No. Right? No. And... Well, I'm not sure if it sparked any change. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah. What What's interesting to me, okay, is I can go on this list, 2012, 2014, 2014, 2014, 2014, 2015, 2015, 2016, 2016, 2016. All these examples. What we're seeing is it's more prevalent yes. in the last decade. That's the trend. Yep. And some of these are so new, we're not sure if it will spark change yet in some of those but a lot of it has to do with police brutality. Some of it's Colin Kaepernick. And I will say he has sparked change. Mm-hmm. At least it's the way he is looked at by folks in the NFL now. And all you got to look at is Roger Goodell when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. Without a doubt. And I think it's also from a result of the way we look at professional athletes now. Right? I mean, they have more power than ever. And I mean that in a good way. Pretty wild. It's yes. a good read. Check it out on theundefeated.com. It'll educate yourself. Something to share with your kids, too. A little history as they get back into uh, school. It was good to read, at least on uh, my part. Enjoyed it. Maybe you get a chance to do the same. When we come back, a Jaguars player trying to make the roster joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I probably turned down a lot more than I've 
taken as far as that stuff goes. Obviously, I want to make sure it's something that's not too, you know, time restrictive. I want to make sure that, obviously, first things come first. And I don't want anything that's going to interrupt or even slightly get in the way, even if it's taking away just rest time. I make sure that it fits in my schedule. It fits in something that I want to do, uh, something typically that's kind of fun um, and enjoyable. I hear you, Gardner. I'm the same way. Nothing's getting in the way of my rest time. Yeah. Especially an endorsement or two. It's essential, man. You need your eight hours, Brent. <laughs> you need your eight hours. No way. Brent Martin, along with former Jags player and current MMA fighter Austin Lane here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 600. Your fight's coming up, by the way. Fight's coming up, man. couple weeks away. Putting the finishing touches on a great fight camp. Man, the way I've been working out, I feel like I'm in fight camp. You got that ice bucket ready for me? Absolutely. All right. Up in Charleston. Yeah. And you, you do realize I fight in a cage and not a ring, right? Let's not make that mistake again. I've, I've learned that. Okay. Hey, let's not make that mistake again. It's a cage, Coos. It's, it's a, a cage. cage. Okay. Hey, let's. Uh, we've kept our guests waiting long enough. Uh, we appreciate them hanging through the commercial break. Current Jacksonville Jaguar defensive lineman, former Denver Bronco, hails from Georgia Tech, but really hails from Australia. We've. I've never met or talked to Adam Gotsis. All right? Yeah. Never, never done it. But so the question is, before we hear from him. Yes. We said, okay, does he have an accent or not? I hope so. Let's hear it. I hope so. What's up, man? <laughs> G'day, guys. How you doing? Yeah, man. <laughs> How you doing, it. man? Good, good. Just uh, another day in the books with training camp and, you know, happy to be down here in Jacksonville feeling good. How's the heat down here, man? Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. But, uh, you know, we're, we're good. We've got a good training staff and good support staff there that are keeping us hydrated and making sure that we're drinking enough, getting, getting enough breaks and stuff. But, you know, we're putting in that work, so it's, it's definitely good down here in the heat. Adam, what is the go-to drink? Are we talking water? Are we talking Gatorade? Are we talking Pedialyte? Or are we talking about something I've never even heard of before? Nah, nah, water, water man. Uh, you know, we've, we've done a really good job, especially with all the COVID stuff, and I think, uh, you know, it's been tough probably on the facility and the training staff to kind of – facilitate all the you know single water bottles and stuff but uh you know they've done really awesome so a lot of water uh there's gatorades out there there's a bit of everything adam got with us here at action sports shacks on espn 690 jaguars defensive lineman i gotta ask you about the covid 19 stuff we we were talking about it yesterday here on the show one player and ryan pope actually from the jaguars is the one player but that's not the story the story is just one player around the nfl is on this covid 19 list honestly man i thought there would be people on and off that list for the entire part of training camp and even some part of the season uh, you guys have all had to buy into this and also the protocols appear to be working can you just tell us how bought in guys are to, to get to Sundays and especially September 13th and start this season? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's been a huge team effort from, you know, everyone at the, at the place to the, the coaches to the players. I think, you know, everyone taking that responsibility outside the building as well, uh, you know, to their families, to the, wherever they're staying at. Um, and just being smart, I think, in this time and limiting your contact with people kind of outside of who you need to. Um, a lot of and and especially being in training camp, you know, we're in that football grind. So we're we're you know at work, we come home, we're watching the film, we're in bed. You know, I don't think there's too many guys out and about, uh, you know, this time of year. So, um, you know, guys have really just taken that on themselves. Uh, you know, the, the people at the facility again have done a great job with tracking and you know making sure we all have masks on. Um, you know, on and off the field, etc. So, uh, 
you know, it's, it's just a, a great team effort. And I think, you know, the the fact that the NFL only has one guy in it right now, I think is, is pretty uh, remarkable. Adam, before we start hitting the X's and O's a little bit, because we are hitting the X's and O's, Brent, you know, I'm talking yeah. football with this dude. Oh, listen, but, you just you just diagnosed the hoop drill earlier today. Oh, you practice, better believe so it, man. That's kind of X's and O's we do. Yeah. You better believe it. But um, so obviously your, your story is a unique one, you know, and it's one of a lot of traveling. You come from Australia, essentially go to Atlanta, go play for Georgia Tech. What was that transition like from obviously coming to a new country, living in the United States, but also what was the transition like going from playing football in Australia and then playing at the collegiate level? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a huge jump. Um, you know, in Australia, I was playing basically in a rec league. Um, you know, would practice once a week on a on a weeknight, and then would play on a Sunday. Um, and that was kind of the schedule. So, you know, we might have thirty guys show up to practice. Our middle linebacker was also our defensive coordinator. Things like that, you know. So, um, I kind of went from from playing in that to you know getting to the college level and. I mean, the college level, it's just a, a whole different ball game. And just in terms of skill sets, in terms of coaching facilities, everything like that, um, you know, that's better than some of probably the professional like sports in Australia, their facilities that they have at, at some of these colleges. I mean, it's, 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 it's unreal. Adam, so as we get into more, you know, some talk about defensive line play now and things like that, you come from Denver, right? And um, you were kind of on the, the the beginning of Vic Fangio coming there back in 2019, and I actually played for him back in Chicago, so I know his style a little bit. But I watched some film on you last night. Shout out to NFL Game Day Pass, Brent. It's still free. Check it out, man. Take full advantage of that. But, Are you getting paid for that? No, I'm not saying I, I wish I was, man. But uh, with that being said, though, Adam, I noticed that it seemed like your third year, something click for you and it seemed like your third year the film that i was watching you were a very dominant player not only in the run game but also the, the pass game as well and rushing the quarterback and i always say like it takes guys different amounts of time to get the you know the game of the nfl down sometimes it takes them a year sometimes they never get it right it seems like your third year in the nfl something clicked for you my question to you is what clicked and do you, do you hope to approach that obviously here in jacksonville as well yeah, I think, uh, you know, there was, an, there was a, a bit more opportunity for me to be on the field and getting a couple more third down, uh, rushes, a couple more passing situations. And I think that was just from, you know, that transition from college to NFL and then finding, you know, cause certain stuff you do in college might just work in college against those style athletes. So kind of, you know, finding my, my own skill set and developing my own like repertoire on the field and, and how I want to play the game and, and the game inside the game. But, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed being on the field and I think I had a really good feel for the pass game as well as the run. I think just getting snaps in the NFL, snaps under your belt, that's all valuable experience. So I think, you know, I bring a lot of that experience to this Jacksonville team here. Um, you know, I've played a lot of, a lot of football in the league already and, uh, you know, I hope to go out and have a great year this year. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that. You mentioned bringing the experience to Jacksonville. And I always tell, because, you know, keep in mind, I've been on four different teams. And I always tell people, when you go to a new team, it's kind of like that first day of school again, right? You don't know anybody. You have to get out there and make friends. Well, you've been in Jacksonville now for a couple weeks. Um, you've been around your teammates, obviously. So I'm going to ask you some questions about some of your classmates, in quotes, teammates. And I want to get your honest answer about them, okay? You ready for this? Uh, All right. Uh, who's Who's the most popular? Most popular, I'd probably go with Fournette. Fournette, okay. Most athletic? Ooh, Josh Allen. Who's, who's the class clown? Who's, who's the funniest guy on the team? 
This is a tough one because we're in segregated locker, uh, like uh, separated locker rooms. Sorry, uh, so uh, we've got two locker rooms. So I've only got half the locker room, but I'm probably going to go with. Uh, I know Josh Allen's pretty funny. Right. Okay, okay, Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah. And, and we're in, and we're in D line room a lot, so you know that's kind of the guy. Uh, um, I see a lot. So. Oh, well, then, then there's always personalities in there for sure. Who's who's the yeah. most stylish? And I get we're in training camp right now. A lot of shorts, a lot of sweatpants. Most stylish of the group? Probably Gardner. Gardner. Yeah, ah, good call. Good call. Like, and, cut, off, <laughs> cut off everything. <laughs> and, and the last one I got. Who is, like, the most unique? Um... Hmm, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm trying to run through 100 players right now. Yeah, um, put you on the spot. I'm going to go with probably Gardner Mitchell again. <laughs> I was going to help you out and say that, too. Well, I was going to say Cassius Marsh, man. You know, oh, you know how Cassius I feel about that, dude. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was going to say I was going to say him. I was going to say him. Yeah, so, yeah. Adam Gotts is with us, Jaguars <laughs> defensive lineman. Hey, let, let me ask you about football right now. How, are, how have you been doing? Uh, what do you think? You've been in enough of these camps. I mean, you're playing well. And how big is tomorrow's scrimmage? We started the show today. I think this is a big deal because you don't have preseason games. Guys that are trying to make the roster, guys with last impressions. It feels – I know there are more practices before cuts and, and getting closer to the season, but you only have about five more of those. It feels a little bit more like a final exam tomorrow inside that stadium with the scrimmage. Yeah, to a, to a certain part. I mean, and, and of course, you know, that's kind of how this whole training camp has been. You know, without the without the preseason games, it's tough to see guys really in in live action, um, you know, because at, at practice you're still getting the, the looks and everything, but I don't think any of that kind of simulate the game, go out there, do the warm-up, do everything like that, that aspect of the game. You haven't really experienced that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a big evaluation day for a lot of guys, and I think, uh, you know, even for the coaches to evaluate, what their scheme is and and what they've got going on as well. You know, things that they they like, they don't, um, et cetera, too. So, you know, I think most guys are going to treat it like it's, it's, it's an important day. You know, it's, it's, it's one of these preseason games. It's getting us ready for the season because as you said, you know, once tomorrow passes, it's, it's a handful of practices and then it's game week, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right about that. Uh, You mentioned Josh Allen. Uh, How good is he uh, from a player's perspective? Yeah, I, th- I think I think he he's elite for sure. Um, you know, I was I was in Denver and I got to see Demarcus Ware, uh, Von Miller, you know, Bradley Chubb, Shaq Barrett, uh, a lot of those guys. And I see I see a lot of that in Josh. You know, he's he's a young dude that's that's willing to work. I think he's put in a lot of work this off season. I think he's, you know, I I didn't really know him before that, but you know, I obviously uh, saw saw what he did rookie year and then. Uh, you know, getting to meet him now, I think he, he can be one of the best guys in the game for sure. Adam Gotsis with us, Jaguars defensive line. We're going to let you go in a minute or two. Uh, let me, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. Uh, at times, uh, these meetings, uh, the locker rooms, uh, sports in general over the last few months and especially the last few days have been heavy. There's been a lot more going on than just sports. Uh, the power of the athlete is prevalent right now. Uh, can you give us any insight on, on how those conversations have been uh, in the Jags locker room and Jags Jags virtual yeah. meetings and how much think, they're uh, taking place. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've had these conversations kind of all throughout since I've been here. You know, initially some of them were just about the COVID protocols, what's happening in the world with that. But, 
you know, a lot of other things have, have, have happened since. But, you know, we're, we're definitely talking about it as teammates and coaches and stuff, but then as people as well, you know, as young men that have families and have kids that, you know, they have to go back to and stuff. And, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, want to see is just for it to stop. Um, and, you know, we're, we're having meetings, we're having discussions, talking about, uh, you know, ways that we can help and, and ways that we can, you know, help that that come forth. But, uh, you know, it's 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 tough right in the middle of training camp as well uh, to do these things. And, you know, I think uh, the team's doing a great job of giving us, you know, certain time each day and, and stuff like that to make sure that, you know, we're heard as humans as well as uh, uh, as athletes. All right, Adam, i got one last question for you, man, then we're going to – let you go here, but I got to ask this because I've never talked to somebody from Australia before and I may never again. So I got to get this question out there in the airwaves right now. Every single show I watch about Australia, they all have one thing in common. Vegemite. What is Vegemite? Do you eat it? And have your teammates tried it before as well? So, uh, yeah, I do eat it. I, I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know. I just grew up on it. It's like a spread. So you kind of, for example, like peanut butter, yeah. except it's basically just a super salty, uh, like black spread. I don't, know, I don't really know how to even describe it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you put on some toast, or you know, you can put on yeah some bread, like in a sandwich or something. And uh, yeah, it's not too bad. So I've definitely had a couple of my teammates try it. None of them, none of them like it though. So. <laughs> Right, I get a, I get, it's more for me, so yeah. <laughs> Acquired taste. Uh, so can you get it in the states here? Can you buy it here? Maybe online somewhere. I'm not too sure about okay. storefront. I don't know if you could probably <laughs> maybe some exotic store. You know, that's just just hoarding it. So I got you, Adam Gotts. We appreciate you taking a few minutes, man. Uh, have fun tomorrow and the rest of this camp, and uh, hope to see you down the road. Will do, mate. Thanks, thank Thanks, you. Guys. Uh, that is uh, Adam Gotsis from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, what I was kind of wondering here. One is, second, quick. Is that the first time you've ever been called mate before? Nah. Oh, no? Oh, nah, okay. We've had some. Um, I was going to ready to celebrate. We had man. some kids from Australia in college. Okay. Uh, soccer okay. guys, I think. Dang. I think soccer players. All right. And so, yeah, I've been called mate okay. a few times. I, I never have, so that was a bummer um, for me. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I cut you off. Oh, I love how you say you might never talk to anybody from Australia again. Yeah. Like, are, uh, uh, why? Like, you're never going to run into somebody from Australia? I've never met somebody from Australia really? before. I swear, I never have. Yeah. Well, when you come out to the Players' Championship, you talk to Jason Day and okay. Adam Scott, obviously. Yeah. And I'll ask about Vegemite. There we go. But anyways, please go ahead. I said, I'm well, to cut you off. when you were saying the, the Vegemite, oh. is Vegemite? Yeah, is that the Vegemite. Called? Baby in the background was going crazy. I think she got excited about that. Yeah, yeah. But also, I thought... I thought you were going to say, I see it in every show. I thought for sure he was going kangaroos. I thought that's oh, where the question was going. I know. Because obviously I watch a lot of cooking shows, right? Because I don't cook, but I watch cooking shows. And, like, if you're in Australia, you know, you're touring, like, they always talk about Vegemite. I almost didn't even, like, I kind of wanted to ask him, but didn't want to ask him. Like, you asked him a little bit about the Australian, but I almost wanted to get into Australian rules football a little bit more with him. Sure. But you know he's been asked it, like, a million times. I he's got to be so tired. Like, this, the guys have to ask him all the time. Of course, of course. But, but I do have this question for you, and I want you to answer it. Okay. I always say, and I'm on. I, I people don't believe me. I believe me when I say <laughs> I would not go play a series of the NFL for a million dollars. Yeah, I say it all the time. Yeah, you've been I, very I've, adamant about I've, this. I have, I have, I have a massive amount of respect for how crazy you people are for yeah. doing that. Also, at the same time, when you got a backyard fireplace, you don't need it. But you're good. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to sit in that fireplace. <laughs> Um, so anyway, the or near that fireplace, not in it. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So if I'm not going to do that for the NFL, mm -hmm. 
What I don't know, because I haven't watched a ton of Australian rules football. I've seen it, but I'm never really locked into it. Yeah. Would I play a series of Australian rules football? Yeah. For a million bucks. Yeah. Like, do you know much about Australian rules football? Well, it's like, not is like it, rugby, I know, right? So it, you want to so, play, play rugby? I know. That's, I'm not sure about that. I, listen, those guys play without helmets, though. I know. Well, so it begs the question, right? Which is a safer sport? Rugby, Australian I'm, I'm rules, or are we talking football? I'm trying to find out which one I'm going to walk out of for a million dollars and cash my check. <laughs> um, you know what? Ah. Uh, it's probably go play Australian. I think so because if you're not wearing pads, you got to be a little more like to me. You can play football and play reckless, right? Like you, I mean, you can use your helmet as a weapon if you want to and spear somebody, right? With Australian rules football, it's a little more, you know, you got to take it under wraps. Keep in mind, and this is actually a, a cool point here, Pete Carroll. Right. I was, people talk about Pete Carroll all the time being like, you know, one at the forefront of defense and and attitude and culture, things like that. Pete Carroll, I have it on good authority, actually like brought in some uh, rugby players to he teach did. their team how to tackle. Yeah. So, you know about it. Well, yeah, it because this new I, I won't say new, but for the NFL trying to bring a safer way of tackling. Sure. And he, he was at the forefront. I remember the articles and, yep. and seeing the sto- stories on it. Now, I don't know how that's developed. Yeah. Honestly, uh, yeah. that was like a year or two ago. And I don't know if that's developed into, okay, this is the way we do it. I haven't heard much about it. Like, yeah. Did it not work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so uh, you're right, though. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, remember when Maurice Jones drew on and he mm-hmm. was saying the same thing? True. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and about his kids playing, I think it was. Yep. And the because he said his kid played rugby. I didn't Correct. hear about rugby that yeah, young. Right. That, that that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. But there is a safety part about rugby even though it doesn't look it no like it, you, well, I mean, and listen when, when guys got cauliflower ear and they're bleeding from their nose it doesn't look that safe let's be honest no it doesn't uh hey you have fantasy football drafts coming up or what what's the latest yeah well, you guys want to do that or what well we are but i mean yeah. this is like a hot time for fantasy this football drafts right very hot yeah I mean, very hot two time. Weeks away. yeah i mean i would prefer to give out my advice before i make my picks brent because that way you guys can't poach off me but i, I, can, I can throw something out there if you want it well, no, don't now. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I think we should get oh, everybody ready for everybody. the drafts. Yeah, absolutely. Get ready for your drafts. If you want to send them I to me, I can rip them. I think already in the books. But no, there's and a bunch of books. don't forget Gardner Minshew first, says Bud Light. Exactly. And don't if you win it, free then you get a beer, Bud Light. And then if you win it with him, then you get a free whatever. You get a free year of beer, right? If, if you, you win, win it draft. with him. And you got to pick him in the first round, though. Correct. Correct. Don't forget that. Correct. Well, don't forget, it's chance to win. Like, I think it's a raffle thing. Oh, chance to win. I heard guaranteed. This is a guy. This is a guy who's been <laughs> in radio a lot. Uh, well, this is a guy who, who, guy who knows his beer as well. This is a guy who knows his alcohol beverages Check as well. That box. This guy knows his drinks. Hey, speaking of beverages, National Red Wine Day. Yeah. Do we need National Red and White Wine Day? Uh, I don't do red wine, man. Can we just have National Wine Day? I don't do wine regardless, so I don't. I'm, I don't even care about it. We should have played out Red Red Wine Day today. That would have been. You'd be forty. Oh, what are we on a cruise right now? So we're on the ESPN six ninety cruise. It is a great tune. Can Absolutely. we set that up? Sponsorship. We're doing the show on a cruise once everything's good, obviously. It's, it's going to be on a See, paddle the boat. the reason I got into radio, I thought that that happened all the time. What are the perks? I thought we were supposed to do shows what on cruises. What are the perks? We don't have a TV in here? Can we get a boat, <laughs> please? <laughs> Can we get a boat, please? Come Here's on. our perk. We get to lead into live local loud. It's coming yeah, up next what? on Action Sports. Well, it's on ESPN 690. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Chats <laughs> on ESPN 690. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 all weekend long.